Hello and welcome to the Neighbour Food Podcast. This week our guests are a father and son duo, Jerry and Connor O'Reardon. Hello, how are you? Who, along with their brother Dermot, have formed a cooperative of Dexter cattle farmers in Munster and they're calling them the Brave Herders. So we spoke to them about their own family farm, why and how Jerry transitioned from dairy farming into dry cattle, which are now exclusively Dexter. His sons, Connor and Dermot, brought technology and a group of like-minded small farmers together as a cooperative to support each other, produce and sell their quality meat collectively, both online, in selected butcher shops, and of course, on our neighbour food markets. And Connor, he's very much hands-on on the farm and has a particular interest in animal welfare and environmental sustainability. So we spoke to him about what this means for him and the work they do on the farm and how we as consumers can also play a part in this by choosing a flexitarian diet and meat as something special. And then of course, we learn about Dexter cattle, this Celtic cow who are small in size, but very big in flavor. And hear the story of Jerry's first encounter with this traditional breed. Here are two brave herders. Thanks for joining us. Thank no, you no. so much, Connor. And thank you, Jerry, as well, for taking the time. Well, that's really cool. How did Connor uh, talk you into being a part of this podcast? Uh, he was in the kitchen this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's the kitchen, Connor? Where uh, are kitchen, you? Uh, we're in uh, Balnatona, Mill Street, County Cork. And are you right. sitting in the kitchen at the moment? We're actually in the kitchen uh, in front of the Sacred Heart and the whole lot. We were going to go for the full Irish. Perfect. <laughs> Cup of tea and all in hand. Digestive oh, biscuits. God, yeah. That's gone. That's gone. Yeah. That's too early for biscuits. Like... <laughs> Can you give us a little bit of a run through maybe of the family first? Um. My, um, my grandfather bought the farm here in, uh, I think it was 1914. He came back from wow. America. He had given, I think it was 12 years in Boston, uh, made a few bob and came home and bought a farm. Mm. And um, we were always dairy farming, really, up to, to about uh, four years ago. And mm. uh, we kind of stepped back from dairy farming. And uh, there wasn't any, I was really the only person at the time who was full-time on the farm and uh, uh, well it was easier not to be dairy farming so uh, we I also got such a fright from the weather in 2018 I didn't there was a there made a very bad spring and uh, mm-hmm. no sooner did the weather clear uh, I think I think I think the weather cleared around the first of May and by the 10th or 12th of May we were into a drought Really? And it didn't, it didn't rain for about, uh, I think, 10 or 12 weeks. I wow. never saw the lights, but so I said, I got up one morning and said, I have enough of this. So uh, the cows, uh, we saw the, a person came down from County Tipperary and bought out the cows. So, so we went into dry cattle and then I... Uh, So Jerry was disgruntled with the weather, which is no surprise when you live in Ireland and you work the land. There's no hiding from it. But as you can see, he made the move into dry cattle and rearing animals for beef. We'll hear a little bit more about this later and the other changes he has seen in farming life. But before we do, we asked Jerry about his first encounter with Dexter cattle, the animals they exclusively rear now on their land. We are back in... I think it was about 1973 or four, we put in a new milking parlour. Okay. And at the time we had a Dexter cow, which was mm. we had bought from our neighbours previously, because right. this cow, they, 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 these were all people and uh, they were milking them by hand. Mm. And they couldn't. So we got their couple of cows and uh, 
one of us a Dexter. And when we put in the milking parlour, she couldn't when she couldn't fit inside and she was too small. <laughs> well, when she did make the milking parlour, we, we should have been looking kind of in between her hind legs, which might be her head. We were looking at it because she, she couldn't get her head high enough to, to go into the feed trap. Uh, but uh, we didn't treat her very well then because, you know, she wasn't being milked properly and things. Okay. Was actually, they're, they're dexters of an awful lot of milk. They're, you could nearly use them as dairy cows. Right. So uh, the, the cow left us anyway. And so I uh, kind of had this notion that I really regret not having d done something different, you know. Yeah. And so when the cows are gone, I'm going to get a couple of dexters. So okay. We, uh, and and tell me, Jerry, now for somebody who doesn't know what a dexter cow is, can you can you describe can you describe it? Because you said you remembered it from your youth. It's an old Irish cow, isn't it? It's an old native it's an breed. Old, yeah, it's an old Irish breed. It's to kind of um, they were kind of they, they were native of Cork and Kerry area. Okay. They were, they were kind of a they were kind of bred from Kerry cows. Right. But, uh, they'd be smaller than a Kerry cow and. Uh, a Kerry cow would be kind of dairy, whereas the Dexter would be kind of dairy and beef. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and um, they're a bit smaller. Like, how small are they? So they're um, they're they're back from the kind of the ancient Irish cattle breeds. Yeah. Right. So that's where they trace back to. So they're about fifty percent smaller. They're about half the size of uh, normal okay. European cattle cattle well so okay the way, the way i describe it is it's they're like the shetland pony of cows <laughs> do they have the personality of shetland ponies as well yeah <laughs> i've never i've never <laughs> i don't know what that is well then i suppose a good way to describe them if you if, say a frisian cow which we'd be all familiar with um you'd she'd be with me anyway she'd be at height she'd be at my eye level where okay. i think um the, the dexter only comes up to my chest so right yeah yeah, so yeah maybe yeah. lower you know and is yeah. there many dexter cows in, in ireland so obviously you you decided to take this on but is there many people farming dexters um i think there's about two thousand dexter cows in ireland there's there's actually 50 people in cock and kerry okay dexter cattle yeah wow. yeah well and, and jerry oh. are they are they all for meat they're for meat. They're, some of them, are, some of them are from, um, you know, they just have maybe a couple of acres of land, and you know, the people doing alternative farming. You know, they they yes. they use them for both milk and meat. Okay. And um, they kind of would be self sufficient. You know, maybe uh, these would be very small operators now with two or three cows and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I there's quite a number of them there, but there's about uh, I think there's about 30 who would have maybe in the region at 10 cows or that way, you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. No, uh, there is a Dexter Society which is handy, like it. And um, so, about uh, was it last November, yeah. uh, we kind of set up um, a Cock Kerry Dexter group. Would be okay. South Tipperary would be involved in this as well. And there's about, there's about 30 uh, in that group. Some of them would be quite small as well, but then we have about 10 of us, is it about, about, 10, yeah. about 10, who supply the Bray Further brand. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, they wouldn't, and even wouldn't be very big farmers, like, you know, but um, mm. they, would, they wouldn't be very intensive farmers either, you know. Mm. 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 And can we ask you guys to explain what the Brave Herders brand is for anyone who doesn't realise, because it's not exactly straightforward, is it? Um, 
No, so uh, like our family, so Dermot's involved in the kind of the marketing and the branding and stuff like that. And uh, it was really Dermot that came up with the with the brave herders. So herders would be kind of like uh, an ancient way of looking at it, that you'd be herding cattle and herding sheep and all the connotations of that. And then um, everybody that's involved in farming uh, has to be brave. Mm. <laughs> so, or mad, one or the other. Uh, well, you, you, anybody can choose, um, both, both from like financial and for, for your own health and your, your mind. Um, so uh, we put the two of them together and we just wanted to just, just to promote the, the bravery of farming in Ireland do you know what I mean it takes a lot to, like to work on a farm mm. so it is brave and I think people don't um, they don't think about that it's a, it's a good trait to have mm. absolutely so so brave herders is a collective of different Dexter farmers basically yeah yes yeah. so we've got uh, currently like we're working with about um, six to ten uh, farmers at the moment okay and they're uh, so pr- predominantly like we just use them but it's kind of growing because once people i'd say people were a bit frightened of it so they'd be more sending them the cattle away to kind of uh the factories mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, now that they can see that we're working towards kind of like promoting it in some of the top restaurants in ireland and stuff mm-hmm. like that and, and with neighbor foods as well is 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 great that we're just kind of promoting it more that there's more of a business out there mm-hmm. that, that we don't have to be sending that's amazing and, and is it, it's it's all dexter cattle at the moment or is there other cattle involved in braid her, brave herders it's all dexter cattle at the moment so they're all 100 percent purebred dexter cattle mm. okay so interesting that you told us about like what what a dexter cattle is like but what's the difference of the beef at the end of the day does it make a difference the taste the quality of it what's 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 unique about dexter beef um, so, well, the, the first thing is because they're smaller, they've like the different stature creates kind of a different uh, kind of taste in the meat. Uh, they're also, uh, so it's, we've got the a very unique spo- spider marbling. Okay. So the fat, the fat going through it is, is very unique to Dexter. Um, and also it's kind of, we've got a, a great visual appeal to it as well. It's ruby red in color. So, and it's that deep yellow fat content that just gives this great taste. So because they're designed to be, they can winter outside. Yeah. They have an extra layer of fat. Okay. So, which is very, very high in omegas, omega right. fats. So, and we also keep them an extra year. So generally yeah. kind of the cattle in Ireland would be going to the factory around 24 months and ours kind of mature between 30 to 36 months. Okay. So okay. you'd really notice it up next. If you were in a butcher's now and you put a Dexter beef next to just a regular beef, you'd see a, a marked difference. Okay. Okay. And we're, and we're talking about a much smaller breed of cattle here. So how, how would the economics work if you're putting all that effort and you're, you're saying as well that you, you leave them a little bit longer, that you slaughter them a little bit later? Um, obviously, then the beef needs to be a little bit more expensive, right? That's... Um... You, you would want to be aiming to, uh, to get the same price for, uh, say, a, a, a dexter animal as you would, say, for a normal commercial okay. animal. Mm. So that there's an extra premium on the, on the price. And we, we've just gone through um, a period now, there within the past 12 months or six months even, that cattle prices have gone through the roof. Uh, in ordinary commercial cattle mm. they're they're on the way back down at the moment actually and um the uh, 
the, the uh, if we were producing uh, ordinary commercial cattle, we'd probably have been doing far better over the past uh, six months. But we mm. can't we can't change the laws of economics. But um, the what what stands them as well, like you can get an, an animal finished without any concentrates or even even like if you were if you had a normal young animal that mm. needs a bit of ration over the winter that they, they, they'd be survived on the minimum amount of ration just to keep them going and mm -hmm. uh, they live on silage and they might live out actually whereas um you know if you want to the, the, the ordinary animal you would buy in a butcher shop uh, in order to finish those animals they would they would be probably getting maybe anything up to 10 to 12 kgs of ration to finish mm -hmm. them whereas the dexter even if you're badly stuck and had to finish one in the month of march or april sometime you know the most you ever give them maybe is one to two kgs okay really is that because they're like these old irish breeds that wouldn't they're, have they're, traditionally they're, had that feed like that they're more kind of going for scrub yeah. or woodland or just whatever they would they would prefer to be going around looking sick they eat the top of a broiler or a Ah, okay. <laughs> or, or, or something, rather than eating big quantities of ration, you know. Yeah, they're okay. so small anyway that, that that you wouldn't want to be giving them any more than ration. But <laughs> that is one of the massive difference compared with like um, a dairy cow. A dairy cow is very fussy eater. <laughs> so whereas then the the kind of Dexter would go around and he would he'd be eating shrubs, weeds, barks, anything that kind of grows, they eat it. I think right. a, goat, a, 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 a wild goat eats much the same as, you know, they, they'd eat anything. You wouldn't want to leave a Dexter going near your garden anyway. <laughs> My grandfather always said, never buy a goat or a boat. Or <laughs> now I'm going to add Dexter cow into that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it sounds, it sounds like an absolute great animal, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> The I have to say, Jerry, you're the the dad, the patriarch of the family. But it seems like it was your forward thinking that drove ahead with this kind of change. Do you mind if we ask you a little bit? You mentioned that you stopped the dairy farming. Can you explain why you stopped dairy farming? Well, uh, I was um, in my late sixties. I'm seventy two right now. So, um, I you know it was was uh, getting. Uh, get a bit too too much work for me you know they, they like i i said the weather upset me in 2018 but uh mm. you know uh, the whole calving process there's a lot of work in dairy farming you know we, we normally you know when we were going well maybe we had maybe 80 cows mm. or that way and um but we we had reduced it a bit then before we gave up but um I kind of it just the the time came and uh, I said I have to say goodbye to this. So. Mm. That's a brave move. I, I didn't like. I enjoyed the I enjoyed dairy farming. Uh, I kind of there's a lot of discipline to it too. Like you know. You yeah, to, yeah, yeah. And were you born and raised on a farm, Jerry? Oh, I was born and raised here. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 
I must say, if you were out on a, something on a, on a Saturday night, you would just be looking at your watch too and saying, <laughs> I just get up at seven o'clock tomorrow morning, you know? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And who's working with you now on the farm? You've got Connor and. Uh, Connor, uh, uh, Connor works uh, part uh, on another job as well. And uh, then Dermot lives in Dublin, but he's, he, he's after the map, can he say? He has a job in Dublin. We have two other children then. Um, uh, Frank, who lives in Cork, who doesn't farm anymore. And uh, we have Catherine, who lives quite close. It's actually about seven or eight miles away from us. And okay. uh, she, she's, in, she's involved in the farm as well, kind of, you know, if there was... Uh, uh, her children are very much involved in the farm anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, yeah. We, we have uh, Nula who was around somewhere. She's my wife, so she's um, right. She's the, the the brains behind the whole thing. She says anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give her the credit. So, um, whose idea was it then to start this uh, cooperative? Was that Dermot and the like the the, the kind of oh, the, the marketing side of things together, like oh, yeah. to get other people? How did that all come about? Well, uh, as far as I was concerned, I just I uh, I put about fourteen Dexter cows together just mm. for a hobby, and I had no intention of, of that. There was a I was going to be quite happy to sell them on to uh, uh, a meat factory. You know, there there are two meat factories uh, uh, buying them, buying Dexter cattle. So we didn't as if there was no market for them. You know. Yeah. So the boys said they'll try something different. Yeah, uh, as well with that it was because we tasted it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so we just realized, and it was like a lot of the kind of Dexter cattle gets exported to Europe, and I don't think we should be giving away all our best stuff, you know, mm. and I think it's important to kind of, um, that Irish people know, like, the great quality products that we have here, do you know what I mean, that we don't yeah. have to be importing, we always think about, like, Italian meats and stuff like that being the best, and we have the best right here, mm. uh, so that was, that was very important. That's brilliant, I think you're absolutely right, Connor. I wanted to ask you as well, because I read that you, your particular interest would be in relation to like animal welfare and the environment. And we have heard, I mean, we always hear the issues with cattle farming in Ireland and Ireland's over-dependency on cattle farming and how negative it can be for the environment. Do you find this approach that you guys are taking is a more positive and a more constructive way to view animal husbandry and what? the environment together? Uh, ex exactly Jack because the thing is like this isn't really about making money because it's very tough to make money out of this so we've mm -hmm. got like a small herd and it's it's about a love of uh, our farm yeah uh, so we've got less cattle so they cause less kind of uh, so we can winter them outside and because they're smaller as well they do less poaching on the ground mm -hmm. so that's a, a massive thing but it's about having a small healthy herd so they've got loads of places to, to roam. So when I talk about going up the mountain there now is because they're hiding in the mountain and I'm going to have to get them out, out of there. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're so harder to find, I guess. They're harder to find um, because uh, you can see on Instagram, it's like you can't even find the calves if they're in the grass. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they're just so small. They're just so small. But, that, but that's what it's about as well. Like, And that we, we keep it all within the family as well. And we keep this going. And it's 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 not about kind of, I think the days of making massive amounts of money in farming are gone. It's about protecting the environment and, and still farming the area, but protecting it as well. Mm. Okay. And how, how are you protecting it? But, um, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, it's about just having less cattle. Less cattle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
So I suppose, yeah, we are always hearing about how damaging like the beef industry is in particular to the environment. Like, would you think yeah. that this is your, I suppose, attempt at uh, solving that as in, in our, in our well, little way? It's, it's with, with a high quality product like that, you're not going to have it all the time. And that's mm. what it's about. It's about being sensible in our diet as well. And that we have a mixed diet mm. that we can't be just like, so this is kind of more, this is a treat. This is like, yeah. I once we had like growing up, I had a far more varied diet than what's there as well. Mm. And it's about like being flexitarian and it's just about like, it's about being these things that we have to think about these. That uh, So if you, if you want to have this type of beef, it's like, it's a, it's a treat. It's yeah. a once in a while thing. It's, mm. uh, and, and, and you know, um, we did, Generally, because um, if you where we look at it now is that if if you want to be really finished cattle, you know that like you'd have a we 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 were at it ourselves actually. Uh, we would be finishing finishing cattle and we would be putting an awful lot of ration into them. But I tell you one thing: um, the animals that are eaten in Ireland by in butcher shops are really not that. They're, they're quite nice as well because they're mm. uh, they're not intrinsically rare the same as say a huge feedlot where you have uh, maybe six or eight hundred cattle and they're they're being fed an awful lot of concentrate grains imported from all over the world whereas the general butchering type cattle that we have in Ireland are kind of uh, they wouldn't be as intensive rare as that so we were kind of we we we're, we're trying to get be a small step ahead of say the the ordinary cattle, you know. Mm. I'm talking about white Ang and Angus heifers and things. Mm. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 total big feedlots is a, a different kettle of fish again, you know. That, mm. that they're, I mean, the, the amount of uh, concentrates that being used inside there from brought in from ships all over the world is mm. unbelievable, like you know. Mm. Um, they they feed more. One animal, it eat more in a day inside there than concentrates than we give an animal nearly free year. So really well. So. I'm not surprised, Jerry, to hear you say that the quality of the beef you'd be eating if you're eating it from a butcher is generally as a standard going to be quite good across Ireland. And oh, I do yeah. think we hear stories of of badly finished and badly kept, badly looked after animals that are intensively farmed. And I think we tend to export that meat. Would you say I'm right in saying that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, it, I don't think there's um, these big feedlots. There, there isn't any, any of that and any of that meat being eaten in Ireland, you know. Mm. Um, the, the, there would be... People like to know where their meat is coming from. And uh, it's just that... Uh, we 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 have a high standard. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the standard inside of the inside in the feedlots either. But it's just that they're being pushed to finish at a, a very early age, yeah. and uh, with people uh, might be saying it's good for our carbon footprint. Do not be finishing an animal at 22 months instead of uh, 32 months. But uh, like, <laughs> there's a, there's a carbon footprint in that as well. That you you're uh, importing an awful lot of grains from mm. all over the world, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. We mentioned about the beef prices going through the roof and you, you you said that they're coming back down now. Can you explain to us why that's happening? Because I think we've all experienced this jump in food prices. First it was chicken and then it was beef. Is there a reason, is there a particular reason for that? 
uh, I suppose just there's kind of resistance, I suppose, from the general public too. You know, there's 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 so far uh, people will go, you know, to pay for it, and and um, yeah. uh, we, we even the restaurant people that we deal with now are um, you know that there's there's quite a lot of restaurants taking um, steaks off their menus. Because they're yeah, we've seen that. yeah, it's something I actually read over over the weekend. Um, wasn't Francis Brennan taking steak off his menu? Um, of Spice Star Hotel in Kilmer. Yes, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty big statement, really. Like, yeah, it's just just, just uh, I mean, there's a limit to what people will pay. Hmm. Yeah, but I suppose it's the price that people will pay. But not only financially, I think people are just becoming far more aware of the environmental cost as well. And as you said, Connor, having a flexitarian diet really is the key here, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, it's definitely the the way forward, and um, I think we all have to look at that. It's just it's about conscious eating. Mm. Connor, can I ask you a question that I've kind of always wanted to know the answer to? Yeah. When you talk about animal welfare, can you describe to me what is good animal welfare? Um, it's it's a genuine caring from the start, from from when they. When they calve to the day that they leave um, that you you grow attached to them and that you have a connection to them and you're uh, you're talking about space as well um, it's always important to give them enough space and that they feel it's just a natural it's a short but happy life that's yeah. for us that's the most key thing mm. um, that we always that they always have enough to eat they have enough space everything that's that's the way we look at it it is uh, it's difficult sometimes to i suppose like square that circle because from dairy to beef do you know what i mean um when you send them away more regularly in beef uh but you just have to make sure that they've had a happy life and can you tell me what bad animal husbandry looks like uh it's this uh, race to make things bigger grow faster um and just feeding them up all the time that's that's the bad it's kind of mixing breeds just to kind of get the bigger cattle and that's just that's just about money i'd love to dig in a small little bit more into the model that you guys have built there with brave herders and the intentions and maybe a little bit of a chat about kind of what 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 the plans are what the intentions are for it moving forward so brave herders is currently how many farmers did you say uh currently it's it's about six to ten about okay. six to ten and they're all smaller size farmers yeah, there's none of them now that would be intensive farmers at all. Um, it's kind of... I said the largest one would have maybe 35, okay. 35 uh, cows, you know, yeah. breeding animals. Okay, and then the... And would it be their primary income for these farms? Would it be their main kind of activity or are they doing other things as well? No, it's uh, it's like all of us know that are in the countryside, you have to have another job outside of the farming as well. Mm. Yes, so it's a little bit of, of, of uh, a bit of A and a bit of B. So yeah. um, the idea then, I suppose, is to work with more farmers. Uh, yeah, like with the, with the kind of the Park and Kerry group now, I, I think it's important because the most the, the most extras in Ireland are in Park and Kerry, mm-hmm. and that collectively we'd work together. That's the that's the kind of the, the goal. But uh, the groundwork is being set now, so that's the the kind of future that we'd all be working together. 
Great. And I, I noticed when I was reading up on it that you quoted or someone, um, your brother, maybe who put together the website, quoted that it was in from inspiration from the kind of the success of the dairy co-ops. Uh, correct. Yeah. The, the, I mean, we like what we right now, you know, you you needed you needed some sort of a constant supply, really. You know, mm -hmm. you I mean, the, the, the problem with a lot of very small producers is that they have uh, five cattle in the month of September or October and uh, nothing else, you know. Yeah. Whereas uh, if, if you're to, to, to go into a high-end market, you must have some form of a, of a constant supply. So that's the, the main reason why uh, even, even if we kept 100 dexter cows ourselves, we, we, we still couldn't supply the kind of... Uh, constant market that uh, is needed so um, mm -hmm. we were uh, we were actually for the for a while we were just buying forward store cattle but now since we since we got the group going uh, the uh, the people who we who were part of the group finished the cattle themselves okay and, yeah they're, they're the cattle are, are killed they're started in um, Crowley's in Ballancolig Oh, so, yeah, yeah. That's uh, with the past maybe six months or that way. They are now that's mm -hmm. where we operate, and it's, it's, it is easier, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they're and they're doing the butchery then as well for you. They so the, the, yeah. so there's obviously all cuts uh, available coming from brave herders. I know through us on neighbor food, we're just doing the burgers at the moment. But the idea, I suppose, is that you're going to be going into restaurants and hotels with the full yeah. range of Dexter beef, I guess. Exactly. So at the moment, we've got um, our uh, supplier, uh, LaRue's Foods. They'd be yeah. one of the top um, food suppliers in Ireland. They're supplying the restaurants around Ireland. Uh -huh. um, so on, yeah, Neighbour Foods, we're doing the burgers, but we've also got some steaks kind of that mm -hmm. uh, have just been, uh, just to see how that goes as well. Mm -hmm. um, just to see what the demand is out there. I think just for, from us anyway, it's if you taste once, you will go back to it again. Yeah. And I see you've got some of your steaks as well in some other local butcher shops, like in Durkin's in the market and in Kenturk as well. Yeah, Jack McCarthy's yeah. uh, and uh, Durkin in the English market as well. Brilliant, brilliant. So I suppose, what do you see for the future of Brave Herders and this collective? How do you see it kind of evolving over the next five, ten years? Oh, it will, uh, it, it, uh, really has evolved from uh, nothing up to, to now and, and it is quite a, I mean we would be uh, I suppose the, uh, the the restaurant side of it is our main market and, and uh, the, that seems to be uh, has taken off quite well and uh, our first intention was we might try the uh, the, the likes of, of neighbour foods and and uh, beef boxes and things mm. but then uh, the uh, the restaurant side of it got a hold of it and so mm. they kind of uh, are our main market actually at the moment brilliant. so brilliant uh, but we like to do something ourselves as well i suppose that's that's part yeah 100% it's nice to kind of going just direct to the customer as well uh, because it's nice to see people enjoying your food so i, I think that's 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 a big uh, kind of advantage by going directly to the customer as well Do you miss those days now of kind of maybe a little bit more of a simpler uh, kind of farming life? 
<laughs> As you get older, you, you, you would love to be 24 again. Right? <laughs> sure, you've got Connor there in Dermot running around the place. The young fellas, the young bucks, like. <laughs> what do you think of um, young people and farming these days? Is, is the future in safe hands? Uh, there, there are surprisingly a, a good number of people, young people farming at the same time. It's not... Mm. Uh, it's not... Uh, it, 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 you see... Farming has changed because, like this, this would be a hilly area. Like you know, you wouldn't have to go far here, and you would be inside the mountain and everything. But whereas the the whole expansion of the dairy has seems to have taken off, where um, I you know you'd be driving along the road there now, and you'd see places that were that had hundreds of acres of grain up to a few years ago, mm. and the whole lot of it is, is plowed now and growing grass, and there mm. you'd see. Three or four hundred cows inside around the field. Like you know, I, I was going to Dublin there recently, and, and somewhere up in Tipperary, and on the side of the dual carriageway there, we started passing cows inside the field. Mm. And you know, I swear we were gone the most of a mile in the road, and we were still passing the same herd of cows. Like I, right. I had no idea we were inside there, but I must, there must have been a thousand of them there. I yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I will say as well for the future is like uh, Dermot and myself, uh, we were doing an agricultural course this year and we were doing it online and we were going to, down to Palace Kennery in Limerick as well. Mm. And there was, there was 240 people doing that course. And that's like, they're all uh, kind of young people that it was smaller holdings and they mm. just want to have their own thing as well. Do, do you know what I mean? And it might be, it'll just be smaller. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They're, so that's how you see the future of farming. So is for it to thrive yeah. it needs to be smaller and more bespoke and more environmentally exactly. aware and yeah that's yeah. that's what you that's see in the future and if you have 240 people that's 240 farmers do you know what i mean that's mm. yeah we're gonna it's gonna be all right it's just gonna change there's always shifts and there's always changes that's just the way it is mm. would you recommend a young person to go to farming now um i suppose there's difference for us it's it's an attachment because it's our home mm. Um, but definitely, um, you, you'd get a love for it. Mm. Um, but of course, you'd want to have another job as well. <laughs> yeah. Like us all, Connor. <laughs> yeah. Everybody around here has another job, really. Like, you know, they, 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 there's there's nobody selling their farms or anything. They're just, uh, you know, they had 50 acres of land. They're just tipping away everything. It's uh, some farm mm. dry stuff and they have their job. And, you know, it isn't such a bad lifestyle either, you know. To, yeah. Come home in the evening and walk around and things, you know. Yeah. Amazing. Connor and Jerry, you guys have been great. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us from your kitchen. No problem. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for coming back not down the mountain. Back from the mountain any longer. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to deny it now. <laughs> very good. Have a great day. Bye. Okay. Thank bye you, lads. Bye. bye. Uh, cool. So. That's it, everyone, from the Neighbour Food Podcast. We are Jolene Cronin and Jack Crotty, and it's been a pleasure having you here. And you can find out more about the Brave Herders at... Uh, braveherders.ie. And everything is on the website. And also uh, Neighbour Foods as well. You can get uh, products on Neighbour Foods as well. well. Until next time, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>